Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hampler and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Now Row. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT 2.0, hey! AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a money quiz, of course on wrestle culture as i said though joined by hamlet and cedric to review everything that happened on monday night raw and discuss the egg so <laughs> what did you make of uh, last night's show bad rubbish it's monday night raw they uh they killed the town back when we were all in the building for it in 2019 they're never getting it back uh as evidenced by the survivor series and i there was this was not such an irredeemable trash fire or anything but the standards for Monday Night Raw on a weekly basis are so terrible that there was so little in this review that you feel like you want to praise. It's not coming off the back of a hot pay-per-view. The only saving grace was the egg. This was a $100 million egg hunt masquerading as a three-hour wrestling TV show. They are paid millions and millions <laughs> for this, and it was an egg. I have to echo those thoughts completely. So much of this Raw was just bad, terrible, for all the reasons it usually is, and yet those bastards, those absolute bastards, got me with, well, who stole the... (laughs) (laughs) I quite liked it. (laughs) Yeah, gosh. Egg-based stuff. I was like, I'm looking forward to Raw, and I enjoyed it. And lots of stuff happened. Mm. And it was one of those ones where, we always say this, Sige, I'd rather it be a bad raw, because it's always bad. So I'd rather it be a bad raw with stuff than just really bland. And lots of stuff happened, so I quite enjoyed it more than I usually would. I don't want to ruin the vibe, but there's a portion of this show where I've got some wrestling analysis. I realized this this morning. I was watching it. I was like, I want to talk about that in the way that you analyze good and bad wrestling, in the way that we might talk about it. I won't tell you when it's coming, but I'll let you know when we arrive there. In the same way that we might actually earnestly be critical of, say, something on an AEW show, I was able to apply that to WWE. I didn't think this allowed it in them. It was terrible, but it actually made me think about it in the form of a wrestling analyst rather than just somebody deadened to the content that they produce. I look forward to this. I also look forward to the podcast on the whole. I'll level with you. I'm not feeling my best. Um, I've taken a Rona test before I met up with you in the office, so I've done the responsible thing, past negative. Obviously, I'm still here. Um, That'll be a hell of a twist. I've taken a run test. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> Off down the microphone. We'll get the next few weeks after. <laughs> um, 
And I was thinking, when I woke up, you know when you wake up and you think, oh, I feel like shit here. <laughs> and I was like, kind of like, just a bit sweaty, like, de- you know when you get a dehydration headache mm-hmm. where it feels like it's squeezing down. But then you get up, you move about a bit, and you think, oh, I can probably come in. If this was like last week's Raw, I would have probably just went, you know what? Nothing's worth it. Mm. But there were just enough to bury where I thought, Come in today. I'm a soldier in. <laughs> I've got some duties. Uh, so the show opened uh, with Vince McMahon tapping his fingers on a desk, sat across from uh, Sonia Deville and Adam Pierce, the uh, empty egg box uh, there. I mean, I've got it now, so I might as well yeah. use it. Um, and That's then what had- WWE said about when they were given the prop. I've got two days out of this. What do you mean The Rock's not coming in? In, in in November Survivor Series, it's like September. We we've got two months. We can plan something different. Yeah, but we've bought the egg now. So just to get this out of the way, by the way, because it's not related to anything on the show. It's a bit of Vince. It's a lot of egg. I think this is going to draw. Like I think they that that was surely the only conversation. I reckon. Sunday, yeah. And they never have nothing out of that Survivor Series card was going to drag people to watch Monday Night Raw. And then a hunt for an egg was such a talking point uh, on a ludicrous level. That like they are taking advantage of people's disinterest, their emotional disinterest in this show. That they would rather tune in to see who finds an egg versus who's going to fight for a title. If you'd have said the winner tomorrow, is the king, the winner is the king. <laughs> like if you'd have said tomorrow on Monday Night Raw, a guaranteed WWE title match in the main event that somebody has earned through reasons that we're not going to talk about, but they are going to happen. Like a shrug. Like nobody would care about that if it's like. Somebody's going to find the fucking egg. I think this is going to do a number. It's not going to mean anything. 1.9 overall, I reckon. Yeah, there's no traction. There's no long-term future off the back of it, but I just think this role will do well. I also really liked watching the video package they immediately aired and going, that didn't happen at Survivor Series. They've retaken that because Vince McMahon couldn't remember his lines. Oh, got so the Roman Reigns thing, yeah. They just reshot it with him saying, I'm looking for the egg, or whatever it may be. <laughs> and, and they went, yeah, that was good. Maybe remember it next time, Vince. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, sorry, Vince. I forgot. Yeah, you're completely... Anyway. Uh, he, had, so... he blatantly had his lines on like a notes file and then he closed the notes up and he couldn't get it back up. Like when I was doing the news. Yeah, great, uh, great point there, Andy. I'll just... I'd love to get to the next <laughs> Twitter question. What's my passcode again? I can't remember. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, McMahon's not happy that uh, Sonja Bill and Postman Pierce haven't got an update. They haven't found the culprits who stole the egg. Um, he was furious that someone would steal from him. Uh, and they said that Sonia said that they interviewed every wrestler, but they got no leads. Even the authorities couldn't find anything. Egg. Sorry, I just wanted to press yeah. it. Did you? <laughs> it's they. It's like an egg. It's like it's like an egg. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, McMahon in a, a lovely, lovely touch. This very considerate of what's happened in recent weeks, months, and well, the entire year. Said, well, if you don't find anything by the end of tonight, you're fired as well. Great, more releases. Want more budget cuts, probably. Um, Deville said, we have got security footage, but it is a bit blurry. Uh, all it's shown is a bare chest and bare legs. And then they said, <laughs> you know, like Vince is uh, <laughs> That's a really good Vince. Good look of you, molasses flooding out the mouth. <laughs> the problem with Vince McMahon on television these days is I can't understand a f- word he said. <laughs> Can you? No. no. I have to rewind it all the time. It's like, it's already three hours long. Kevin Owens headbutted the vocabulary out of his brain. <laughs> it's never been there ever since. Like that blood that leaked, Shabbat-esque from Vince McMahon. Just all went. Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's, he's finished up. What a ruin! 18 months of a pandemic for that. He said if whoever found the egg or found the person who took the egg uh, would get a title shot by the end of the night against Big E. Yep. Okay. Uh, right, we uh, moved on from that to Come on, Patrick! <laughs> <laughs> he's backstage with Randy Orton who's just fuming. He's like, all right, Randy, I thought, I thought your tag team partner would be here considering he's the one in action. Orton's fuming. He says, I don't know where he is. He'd get lost his own house, the bloody idiot. And then Riddle showed up cosplaying as Randy Orton, fake goatee, he was dressed like him, he sort of slicked his hair back, and he said, oh, I've been doing Viper stuff, and now I've got voices in my head. Let's kick Dolph Ziggler's ass. And uh, yeah, Orton wasn't happy, and he walked out to uh, to make the entrance with sort of Orton fuming behind him. Uh, he was also wearing Orton's black trunks and, and black tape on his feet. Sure, a name is real bastard. You're about to break another record tonight that nobody really cares about, but you and your colleagues like Kane and John Cena. Like, just, just have a. I was gonna, I was gonna say have a day off, but then if you'd have done that, we wouldn't have had these records. Yeah, today, so you can't do that. Did you like the cosplay? I, I, I tickled me a little bit. I mean, I did because it gets us one bit closer, especially because of what we got later on. This, this is so difficult. I like this RK Bro stuff all over again. I went off the comedic mismatch bit pretty quickly. And they have stumbled upon, actually, the money here is in Orton finally accepting him. Because you build something with a bit of heart, and then when you break that heart, you've got a story that people are going to be really invested in. But it, this is one step closer to Orton wearing Riddle's gear, which is the stuff we really want, isn't it? Like the bro shorts and no boots, and him being, oh, Christ, fine. I'll do it. You know, I've broken record. I've got nothing else left to do. Maybe, after thousands of matches, I can have one people remember, because I wore different trunks. <laughs> Can I tie all the points together in the course of the match, etc.? Yeah. Because it wasn't really a match. It was Dolph Ziggler's heat sequence is he removes fake facial hair from Riddle's face. Then a comeback happens and Riddle gets a win for once. That's the match. You don't have to recap it. Yeah, that's literally... I mean, he hit maybe some Orton moves in there. This, Yeah, yeah. So the idea is he's... he's to set up the big flip at the end, wasn't mm, it? Like yeah. The nicest thing I could possibly say about this is this segment was just a standalone bit of fun... Your mileage will vary on how amusing it was. It was ridiculous, but on purpose. The idea is that they are going to break up at some point, but you badly needed something like this to make it seem all the crueler and all the more heartbreaking when Orton eventually does snap and can no longer sanction his buffoonery, to quote Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, yeah, Orton. Uh, sorry, Orton. He's tricked me. Riddle hit an RKO for the victory. <laughs> Riddle hit an RKO for, <laughs> for Randy's. <laughs> for the victory. And uh, Orton actually suddenly decided he loved this and hit uh, Bobby Roode with a bro Derek post match to sort of. I do hope we get Orton as Riddle next week. Well, we might not get that, but I think we should. I think Orton, Orton has done worse things in his long career to give across the image of strengthening a bond than this. Like like I say, I wish it was different people that I actually liked instead of these two dickheads because I think they've earnestly done decent work with this angle. It is going to matter a lot when these two split up. It does increasingly feel like this is going to be Riddle's WrestleMania thing, mm -hmm. which you would assume he would win, which you would assume that they would, if they, in that, that way, they genuinely try and sell you that Monday Night Raw is episode one of a new season. It's going to be his year. Like, I, it, it seemed hard to see it any other way. Yeah. I know they, sorry, need all the matches they can get. And it, it's a very WWE thing to just put the title on Orton. But, like, champ, world champion Randy Orton versus Riddle is 
genuinely an actual WrestleMania headliner match that I can see them doing. Because mm. at the minute, they've got zero. It's very, um, I know your mileage varied on it because of comedic reasons, but it's very much looking back at Owens and Jericho and being like, that actually matters at WrestleMania with the belt. Yeah. If you put it, the US title on the line is meaningless, and it was. But with the Universal title, that would have, it would have deserved the stage that it got from the likes of the Festival of Friendship. You're absolutely in that postcode, I think, with RK Bro now. Uh, we go backstage and all of the wrestlers are just tearing apart backstage, catering, popcorns flying everywhere. Rhea Ripley's <laughs> ripping stuff open. Uh, R-True thinks he's found the... Egg! But he's actually found... These nuts? No, he's actually found <laughs> a, fo- a football, which we, I thought we were getting dangerously close to your prediction on the Raw preview yesterday, which was R-Truth took the egg because he thought it was a chocolate egg. And he thought it was Easter, but it's actually Thanksgiving. <laughs> Uh, then we got what WWE described as a victory lap for big time Bex. Can we, sorry, just labour on the idea that the entire locker room are complete arseholes and idiots, jokes, and I will take nobody seriously as a star who was in that room for at least the next four months. Tearing up a building to get a golden ticket title shot. Yeah, just wrecking a backstage area like complete cretins. Imagine this exact scene, but with, like, I don't know, top of my head, Darby Allen, MJF, Serena Deeb. Like, just yeah. Im- imagine. Uh, the victory lap for Big Time Bex was just a promo. Uh, she talked about all the great memories she'd had in Brooklyn. Uh, talked about her fight with Charlotte Flair at Survivor Series. She wanted to hurt Charlotte. Charlotte wanted to do the same to her. And the fans, they loved every second of it. Not because they cared who won, but because they wanted to see someone get hurt. And she mocked the fans who just wanted to see something new. She didn't say it was time to move on. Uh, she said, oh, who do you want to see next? Maybe Rhea Ripley, maybe Bianca Belair back in the title shot area. Maybe the new number one contender, Liv Morgan. Well, I used to care about your opinions, but not anymore. And uh, you watched 10 women beat the crap out of each other last night, and all you could care about was your bloody chance. Uh, none of the women that she'd mentioned had what it takes to beat her, least of all Liv Morgan. Uh, they like her because she's the underdog, but not every underdog has its day. She's got the title in her death grip, and nobody was taking it from her. Becky Lynch, uh, speaking the truth here, uh, Sige. Can I have this one? Yeah, please? of course. Right? I don't really have any thoughts on anything. Well, this is where some analysis is, so it's coming in It's coming in hot, it's coming in early, and then I've got now else for the rest of the podcast. Um, do not confuse, I don't know who I'm speaking to particularly here, but do not confuse great delivery with great content. Really, really miserable promo, this. Um, a lot wrong with it, and I want to feed into what happens next on the show as well. Um, Becky Lynch being forced, again, to do an each and every one of you plot twist because she's getting cheered. Like, they are now acknowledging that she is getting cheered when she comes out. They expected it off the back of the Charlotte Flair match, and yet they insist on swimming against the tide with it, as we've seen countless times when they just want to do what they want to do. You could just give up. You could just think, should we abandon this objectively pretty bad thing that has buried at least one other baby face and just get back to our top star being somebody that is beloved and let her be beloved? But no, they persist nonetheless. Um, gaslighting the audience, as usual. There's such a... Such a gross loathing towards the paying customers, literally in this case, because she's having a go at the crowd that elected to do the wave in the middle of an extremely boring match last night at the Survivor Series. And remember that the one point in that match where they weren't doing the wave or they weren't bored by it was when it was good. Um, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair's interaction stopped the fans in their tracks and they actually enjoyed it for a second. 
never blame the fans for getting bored with what they've paid to come and see Be Good. So they're using that as the device because they had nothing else. You could feel that there was no other reason that Becky Lynch could turn on the crowd without leaning on that. And then she is presented as the hypocrite because she says, and these 10 women were busting their ass and all you fans, all you people, blah, blah, blah. and then she's like, Nobody's on my level. Everybody sucks. So were they busting their ass or were they on, like, or were, like, were they genuinely great or were they completely rubbish and below you? And that's all a spin of the Liv Morgan thing. And, and one last thing, and I know it's going to jump ahead slightly. In the next segment, and this is analysis that we would use for Dynamite or other good wrestling shows where you try and look at it and think, well, you've gone wrong there. This is just poor booking. Bianca Belair comes out and says, thanks, Brooklyn, for getting me over the line last night in that Survivor Series match. Like, the last promo, somebody just said, you shit on the match. And then they send Bianca Belair out there to say, you know that thing you just heard in the last segment? Ignore all that. Because I thought you were really great. Which one is it? Which one? Like, lousy, lousy, lousy. And I'm not, like, this is the thing. Don't we get away with this? Because we spend 50 to 52 weeks a year, because occasionally there's a good role, saying this company can't do anything right anymore. So the standards become so low that you stop analysing it. But if you wanted to... And if there are people that listen and would wish that we would be more positive or try and be constructive. So here's some constructive criticism. Don't book two segments back to back that completely contradict each other. Yes. Like if, if, again, that's constructive on a good show, this is immune to constructive criticism and this should prove it. But uh, terrible, absolutely terrible. Yeah, I hated this as well for pretty much identical reasons. It's just such, it's so symptomatic of WWE's arrogant isolationist bollocks. If I was sat in the Barclays crowd, I would not be up for that Women's Survivor Series match. In fact, you'd have to pay me to go into the building. But say I was paid by my work to go into the building and review the show, I wouldn't be up for that match because they've done such a piss-poor job of building that division. I wouldn't necessarily, or in fact, I just wouldn't, be like really obnoxious about it. I wouldn't do Mexican waves or same punk was an odd chant. He's like on the other channel now. Yeah, he's, he's back. He's I just wouldn't be an arsehole about it. But at the same time, I would have to get sort of unglued by the work. I wouldn't be like, great, I can't wait to see the conclusion of this. Their booking sucks. They received the reaction that their ridiculously bad booking deserves, and then they told the audience off for it, like pricks. Bianca Belair came out, and she talked about her victory and said thanks to the Brooklyn crowd <laughs> for uh, helping her fight on. She said she showed she why she was the EST. She was the sole survivor, the crowd chants EST, uh, she thought, thought that maybe as a result of this now, maybe can uh, stop being so bitter. Uh, and she was going to show Tamina why she was the EST. Out came Tamina with Natalia. Why? Aren't they on different shows now? The egg brought people back together. <laughs> we should be grateful to the egg. And regardless. Uh, so Tamina, you know, uses her strength to throw D- Belair into the corner, but Belair does the old ass slap in the corner and flips over Tamina. Uh, eventually, uh, after a bit of offense from Tamina, Belair dodges a charge. KOD, one, two, three. Natalia attacks Bianca Belair after the match. Goes to the sharpshooter. Can't put it on. Rare, that for Natalia. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, Belair fights her <laughs> off, basically, and then she gets jumped by a leather jacket wearing uh, who hits her with a crossbody, and now a new team's formed, I think, because Dewdrop left in the arms of of Natalia and Tamina. Jesus Christ, Tamina came out. It's just like, but you left. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, like, you, you did this. No one ever wanted to see this again, and yet we got it. 
the match wasn't as bad. I think it was because it was shorter. Mm. I just love the story of the matches, right? Tamina's she's rubbish, right? But she's, yeah, kind of strong. Yeah. But Bianca's good and strong, so she just wins. I love the story of these matches. Great, very succinct and very uh, believable as well. Sub four minutes, that match. Yeah, so on the NXT 2.0 curve, a success. <laughs> um, I very little to add on the match. I <laughs> Dewdrop's pretty good, and they've called her Dewdrop and allowed you to forget, but that was a decent beatdown. There will be a very, very decent match that should be way, way better than decent at the end of this. And not only will there be one, there will be ten. <laughs> we'll be bored of the decent match by the third or fourth go. What's the name of the stable? Ooh. Dungeon Death Drop? Think about it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so next I'm neither topping nor touching that. <laughs> we had... We were supposed to have a Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor match. What actually happened is <laughs> Seth Rollins came out, bragged about being the sole survivor again for Team Raw. <laughs> he said he could do it all on his own. He said he went through everyone who got eliminated. Kevin Owens showed his true colours. Bobby Lashley got himself counted out. Austin Theory was good, just not good enough. And Finn Balor got broke, kicked and pinned. And he was going to teach Finn Balor a lesson tonight before he can finish off with his... I don't know, one of his arrogant catchphrases. Finn Balor's music hits, he makes his entrance, uh, and Rollins snaps and attacks him during the entrance. Balor fights back, takes Rollins out with a dive, but then as Balor tries again, Rollins catches him, throws him into the barricade, chucks him over the announce table, twats him with the steel steps, hits his stomp in the ring, and then as the, as the officials check on him again, a second stomp from Rollins, who swaggers his way to the back, and then... Something we do need to talk about. I don't want to focus on it too much, Sige. But he got attacked by a fan. Now, thankfully, you know, quickly referee security separated this. Um, and he's going to be charged and what have you. It's a dumb thing to do. Your thoughts on the segment first, Sige, and then this idiot that jumped him. Well, I was prepared to bury once again the rubbish takes. I'm sick of dunking on takes, but you know. Someone was so bad that you have to do it. I was very prepared to say that. Oh, great job they did a bloody protecting Finn Balor at Extreme Rules. Look what's <laughs> happened to his career. But they did a better job of protecting Finn Balor than did Seth Rollins. Yeah. Look, this was, it shouldn't have got that far. Everyone has an off night or a bad day at work, so let's not jump down anyone's throats. But um, quite fitting that on a night built around an egg, a guy shaped like one was the guy who uh, did the attack. Just couldn't be a seven-footer on this night, could it? <laughs> did, they, did they do a good enough job of kicking him in? You have to be a little bit sensitive. I'm, I'm full, full, I said this on the news. I'm team Lance Storm on this. They needed to, I, the footage I saw, I was like, well, kick him a few more times. You have to be a little bit sensitive because, like, I, you know what I don't like? I think it's because it's like Clint Eastwood stuff. And every time I think about Clint, Clint Eastwood, I think about the take, the whole vigilante justice thing. Like, in the moment, protect the person who's been victim to an assault. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't go in two-footed because you don't know if this person has yeah. can't read social cues or whatever. Yeah. Um, determine that afterwards and then kick him in. But if you're a fan, don't do this. Yeah. It's very, very simple. Like, do not ruin the show for people. Do not endanger people. Um, just don't be an arsehole. Yeah, can't really add to that. You don't... It's- this is live theatre. You wouldn't rush the stage at the theatre. You wouldn't. You shouldn't rush it at a wrestling show just because there's simulated combat. Uh, 
it's bro, <laughs> bro, I'm not digging out one particular area, but Brett got got in the same building. Enzo appeared in the same building with his protest that time. Like, a bit weird, isn't it? Like, there's there's been a bit of this lately. Like, uh, I know that I'm, I'm not like what I thought when sleeping on the jab, eh? <laughs> down, down in Brooklyn, <laughs> sleeping on the jab. Yeah, paid off. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't like this because we are, it's really not that long from people not being allowed in buildings or people being suppressed behind um, perspex or whatever. And you don't need any excuse to return to any of that. God, no. Just, just, just te- a terrible scene. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, let's move on. Uh, we went backstage, and they're doing the 24-7 title chase effectively but around the egg because people just running about and then Sami Zayn pops into Vince's office and says he's heard about the fact that if you know you could, if you got information leading to the egg then you uh, might well get a title shot and he says I'm 95% sure I think I know who took the egg uh, Vince is a bit skeptical but says hey bring it to me and then we'll talk and then Sarah Schreiber was backstage with Kevin Owens who's very casually looking for the egg and uh, says, oh, what do you make of what Seth Rollins had to say? And Owen says, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't listening. And says, I'm looking for the egg, but I'm not bothered. Uh, I'm more interested to see who gets a title shot later. Seth Rollins, by the way, now that we can go back to just talking about his character, banging on about teaching everybody a lesson. He was a sole survivor. Is he not being taught a lesson by everybody else? So he was the sole survivor in that Survivor Series match. What did he get for that? Jack. Kevin Owens walked out. 
probably likely to get the next title shot. Or at least a triple threat. Or at very least a triple threat. And who else has jumped in there, Seth Rollins? Anybody that finds an egg. What was the point of being the sole survivor in a 30-minute match? (laughs) He's the biggest loser of the lot. There was somehow less point during and after it than it was before. (laughs) Because it's all about the goddamn egg. Right, that was followed by the Street Profits versus AJ Styles and Omos. Skip. Thank goodness. It went to a DQ. Sprayed it. There was something in a bag, and he sprayed him. Ah. Fire extinguisher. Ah. That was the story. He also sprayed Styles as he went for the phenomenal forearm. I never talk about the matches, so this just adds time to my day. Anyway, enough for that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Cody. It was with a question mark on iTunes. So if you're not your name associated uh, with the five-star review, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related, subscribe to What Called Dressing on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review, just like Cody did. He's so unfocused in 2021 that he stopped thinking about his matches and leaving feedback on podcasts instead. Yeah, Cody writes, Hello, guys. I've been listening to you for nearly three years now on Spotify, but finally decided to leave you a five-star review I uh, can't remember if this one's been done. Uh, we double-checked with Kid Icarus's spreadsheet, which needs a bit of updating. Come on, stop slacking, huh? <laughs> That's uh, stuff that you just do out the goodness of your heart, come on. Uh, but that time the authority... Get with a goddamn programmer. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that time the authority made Big Show KO Daniel Bryan, and he cried the entire time, during which the authority opened Raw every week for a, a one and a half years during an awful period. Keep up, up the great work. Cheers. Thank you, Cody, for that. Michael Hamlet, take us back to, what was it, 2013? Yeah. Uh, the, the authority are in control. What's, what's going on? Backstory here is um, I nearly stopped watching wrestling for the first time in 23 years. Jesus. Basically, um, this was, and watching this back today was a, was a really harsh reminder of that as well. We've probably gone over it in various other forms, in various other podcasts. This was the attempted deconstruction, piece by piece, of the organic rise of Daniel Bryan. It wasn't a, yeah, we'll put him over at WrestleMania. It was never that, ever, until about a month before WrestleMania Yeah, this itself. is about, what, September? Yeah, this was absolutely uh, the best you were going to get was Daniel Bryan beating John Cena briefly so that we could transition the title onto Randy Orton and think about somebody else instead. Week after week after painful week, they were trying to break Daniel Bryan's spirit on camera as an avatar for breaking ours as fans. You have cheered for the wrong guy. You have put your muscle behind the wrong performer. So we're going to try and transition that into somebody else instead. Um, Big Show, we're going to talk about here. I don't even think he was the first, because I'm sure they tried to get it back onto John Cena, even in SummerSlam defeat when he was going out injured. And they brought him back for... Was it Alberto Del Rio? I can't remember. I get the timelines get mixed up, but they brought him back. Um, and Big Show wouldn't be the last of the baby faces they would try and have as a Daniel Bryan replacement. But yeah, it was it was Daniel Bryan, and they didn't like it. And this was the story of those six to eight months. You, you went to WrestleMania 30 because you wanted to see Bryan. Uh, what was your memory of watching it back then? I hated it back then. I just wanted to kind of see it through. Mm. In a weird way, it was the last shred of my earnest love of this company. Like I needed to kind of see it through. Bit of a loophole with the old... Uh, Let's have kids early. It's like, right, okay, well, I'll do this. <laughs> um, I kind of needed to see it through on a weird personal level. So it's like, no, he deserves this. <laughs> he absolutely deserves this. So I'm going to try and go there 
and voice my support in him while he does this. Um, absolutely terrible television. Absolutely terrible television. My prevailing memory was just feeling... It was just so oppressive. Overwhelming heat. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, just the worst heels imaginable. The worst heels I've ever watched. I think I might even hate this more than the Reign of Terror. Wow. It was... And these, Cody's right about the promos to start the, start the show every week. Relentless. Absolutely relentless. There's about a good three years where Stephanie McMahon turned up, called everyone faces and heels alike, a useless twat for three years, and they passed it off as a three-hour television wrestling program. My goodness. It was staggeringly antagonistic, even by their standards. I, it was so... The, the actual experience of watching it so draining and tedious and arrogant that I couldn't even enjoy the idea that they were making themselves the heel, none of it was actually working. I couldn't even enjoy it on those terms. WWE are so lucky. Um, timing so often has been so crucial to WWE's success in ways that they will never tell you on network documentaries and celebratory, masturbatory profile pieces on Vince McMahon's successes. Um, and in Triple H's case here... Uh, Sidgwick went to that WrestleMania, but there was there would have otherwise been such, and I'm speaking as a lifer, as one of these doomed hardcores that otherwise I would mock. I know who I am. Um, that WrestleMania took place within a week, two weeks of uh, arrival on the Drury Network and our own pack, Neville as he was then, becoming NXT champion and drawing everybody's eyes, Paige versus Emma, other things like Sami Zayn and Cesaro, drawing your eyes over at something like, I like the look of that. Sidgwick went to New Japan. I'd tried and failed with TNA too many times that that was dead. And WWE got so lucky because Danny Bryan winning that title, even then you knew it was like, well, I've got to enjoy this because they're not gonna, it's not going to take. They'll have him feud with Kane, first feud. Like the, <laughs> uh, and NXT like, just appeared as if from nowhere as this perfectly polished version of the thing you actually wanted that could draw you away from the wretched main roster. So this was the main event of Money Night why was it babyface versus babyface? They just forced Big Show into a match, basically. The, yeah, this was right around the start of um, the Big Show is broke, his job's on the line, they were using him. This was one of the many, many times they would force the roster onto the ramp to be a part of something, which is like ugly and cynical in and of itself because we've heard the stories before about wrestlers that are desperate to get away. One of the few benefits of going on early or not being a profiled figure is that you can get out of the building and avoid like the fans that are waiting for you in the car park or you can get onto the next town mm. as we've seen on Ride Along because the schedule never fucking ends. Like, and yet, no, you're going to stay to the main event in your gear and you're going to stand on the ramp and, and watch. You and you heart have to like act. the sea for, for Triple uh, H or specifically Stephanie or it, whatever. There's so much minging. There's death of auras it. by a thousand cuts. Whenever I see someone step aside for them, I just think, well, you're not a star. You're not a star. And this has taken a second for me to arrive at that conclusion. Yeah, just miserable stuff. So we're mid-match in the, the clip that we watched, the, the WWE version of this, because I wasn't watching the whole bloody thing. Aye, the video itself was like the heat segment at the end was a good like six minutes. It was cut. Yeah, this was like this was This was longer playing live. Uh, so Big Show hits a splash in the corner, comes off the ropes, but as he comes back, dry, Brian drop kicks him on the knee, uh, does, the, does the kicks, but as he goes to the final one, Big Show catches it and grabs him by the throat, but suddenly Brian reverses by kicking him in the knee. DDT, one, two, and the old big man kicking out of a little man, so the little man goes flying. So Brian goes up top, comes off it, and Big Show just spears the crap out of him. 
and we cut to a uh, replay sponsored by O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Uh, then <laughs> Brian is told by Big Show that he's crossed the line. And Big Show powers up that KO punch of his and then <laughs> decides against it. <laughs> Leaves. But as he's on the apron, Triple H's music hits. Uh, out come the Shield as well, who were in the pay of the authority, of course, back then. And he comes down, he says, Big Show, get back in that ring and, and finish it. And Show says, no. And uh, he uh, gets in Triple H's face and walks off. And so the Shield just come in and kick the crap out of Daniel Bryan as well. And Triple H gets on the mic because Big Show comes back in to sort of make the save. Triple H says, don't make me do this. Uh, Think about uh, your family. Do what's right for you. Big Show, back up. Step back. Hey, Paul, you don't want to do this. You know I don't want to do this. And they do the the triple powerbomb to Brian. And Big Show's crying again. He's effing Paul. He'll effing Paul. (laughs) He says... uh, Randy Orton versus Batista. (laughs) I've told the story in the podcast before. My brother-in-law, as he was, soon-to-be brother-in-law, wanting to do a nice thing and impress me. And said, you like wrestling? I'll go to a wrestling show. So we went to a house show in Birmingham in England, which is where he lives, and I was happy to go down for it. And uh, it was supposed to be Brian versus Orton in the main event, and they'd switched Brian to the Raw side to tag with CM Punk. So Big Show's like, I've been on the phone to Daniel Bryan, and uh, he told me to come to Birmingham, England, and beat up Randy Orton. (laughs) (laughs) Awful, man. So Trips, as uh, Big Show's looking away in the corner, crying his eyes out, (sighs) says, turn around and look at me. Turn around. Even listen to this one. Let me tell you what you're going to do now. You're going to ball up that big fist right there. You're going to ball it up real tight. You're going to shine it up. No, and you're going to do what I tell you for your family. Show, ball it up real tight. You hear? <laughs> and knock Daniel Bryan out. And show teases it. <laughs> show teases it. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. He says, no. And he leaves through tears and gets a, a great reaction from the crowd. Nice, a bit of an ovation. And he says, leave me alone. <laughs> As he walks away. And then we hear, style and grace, I'm never going to be done, Leonie. And welcome to the Queen of Queen Down when it came bow down. And literally, he said, what is in the office? And I thought it was a conversation we were having, but CJ has the headphones in, and all I hear him is go, oh, this woman's ear sort of thing. I didn't, and said something much worse. <laughs> yeah, no, I was trying to edit it and, and panicked. Uh, the video cut at this point. Don't make us look like a bloody default misogynist. Well, I, I, the video cuts here, but I assume Stephanie McMahon was a bloody nightmare and then got Big Show to get back in the ring. And, uh, it's worse than the really worst swear word I said. <laughs> he... Uh, He's back in the ring, and he's got that fist, big fist, balled up. And then he suddenly teases as if he's going to KO Triple H. But he steps in the way, Michael Sidgwick. It's definitely a man. Because yeah, you're not going to punch it. It's too hard. A great detail that isn't fleshed out in the commentary here is, what, can you remember, Sidgwick, um, why Stephanie McMahon was the difference maker in this, other than because she was booked to be? Can you remember that there was a storyline detail that was hilarious? I can't remember it. They, about two weeks before this. Well, shit, was it like Big Show like, as a favourite wrestler or best friend or something? They just, pretend, they just pretended Big Show was Andre the Giant. <laughs> 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 Stephanie McMahon came out and said, remember, 
when I was a little girl <laughs> and I would sit on your shoulder. <laughs> like they would and you would be here on my arm. And I was I came up to your show and I was like, Oh, you're so big. And they drew from that She was thing. concocting a date rape scheme with Triple H like, <laughs> in the same yeah, that big show debuted. It's, that's it, there's this picture. Like, you've seen the picture of, like, Andre, yeah. like, really tiny Stephanie. This cute little moment of the promoter's daughter with the giant, all that sort of thing. They basically <laughs> planted Big Show's face on it. I was a little girl looking up to you. You were such a giant backstage. <laughs> he smashed he smashed your dad's rival against a steel cage. You're in your 20s. <laughs> so anyway, she, she stands in the way. She stops uh, Big Show. He uh, cuts his balls off, otherwise. She tells him to do it for his family. And uh, show turns to the ropes. There's another bit of a cry. And then just turns around and just smashes the crap out of Daniel Bryan. KO's him in one punch. And uh, Daniel Bryan collapses, of course. And so does Big Show. He's, he's bent over the ropes. He's, he's bawling. And they, they, they tap him on the back as he's there going, Me! <laughs> Deep down, Daniel, in my heart, you did the right thing. I just... I've said this before about another, probably something else we reviewed in the five-star review. Just because the Big Show can cry on command, I do wish that they wouldn't make him. I wish that wrestling wouldn't make him do this. Well, you need to see the comment section for, for people oh, responding to this. Once again, these do not reflect the... So these the first few ones certainly do not reflect the views of myself, the Daddy Wars, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. One minute. Not for the reasons you might think. Stephanie McMahon was 19 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie McMahon was 19 years old when... A single person outside of Paul White, the Giants, network of friends, knew who he was through the television screen in 1995. <laughs> she was 19 <laughs> years old. She's going, wait a minute. That guy I actually had the picture with, is that his son? <laughs> <laughs> so these do not reflect the views of myself, the Daddy Boys, or anyone on what culture, actually. Lot of comments like this from Brandon Sports World. Big show may be a huge guy, but his heart's even bigger. I like you, Paul. You got Hard. <laughs> so I did say a lot of those comments. That's, that's I don't like thinking about wrestlers enlarged hearts. I've uh, I've grouped together a lot of those comments about like, wow, what what a nice guy Big Show is. Everyone's just, oh, it makes me so emotional watching this. That's I've, I've covered that basically because uh, I wanted to move on to Yasha's comment. Uh, we write Big Show falling is the funniest thing I've seen in a while. <laughs> uh, Cindy writes, oh. I love that Big Show cares and doesn't punch Daniel. You haven't watched the clip, have you? <laughs> you watch half of it and gone, well, guess he walks out. That's a lot of people, like, with the remote since he's it's boring. No, I'm good. <laughs> Probably doesn't name. By the way. <laughs> Sorry, I've just read the next comment. You heard me laughing quite a lot in the office today, didn't you, when I was collating these? Not being able to control yourself. It was mm -hmm. that, like, you sound like... I was just going to say... Do you think he submitted this tape to Tony Khan? Because that bump he took off that little dropkick was awesome. Yeah, it was, was awesome. Like, oh, that bump is all elite. A <laughs> uh, lot of comments praising Big Show's acting. Like this one from Hayden Cooper with a slight grammatical error who writes, Pig Show deserves an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Come on. You know, like, I can't pretend to be a film aficionado. I like telly, but I don't watch a lot of films. Wrestling fans ever watched a film? You know when anybody in wrestling, like I love wrestlers, I think they're amazing people, but very few of them performers. Yeah, <laughs> very few of them claim to be awesome actors. Um, and then sometimes you see the praise that some wrestling acting gets. Have you seen a film, son? 
Like, <laughs> there's actual other ways in which to get you. The Oscar nominations suck. Then Big Show cried and he didn't suck no more. By the way, R.I.P. to what's his name? Uh, <laughs> give Alexa Bliss an Emmy. <laughs> Our guy, yeah, from um, Gary from Friends. His yeah. real life name, I forgot. Rappaport. That's yeah. it, Rappaport. He's Michael, Michael Rappaport. Rappaport. He's not doing Rufus Aggression too. What's all that about? He's huh? been replaced by Pat McAfee telling us the thoughts of the people in <laughs> Vince McMahon was probably thinking, oh my God, my business is bleeding. My son-in-law sucks. <laughs> I hate that McAfee thing that he does. <laughs> I've watched uh, the latest Ruthless Aggression, but apparently all the talking heads are out of date. They've got like Adam Cole and Christian Cage. Brilliant. Former WWE superstar. <laughs> They've absolutely bought themselves a free pass with episode one because it's amazing. It's just like, oh, people consider this widely discredited. Just do an episode in Hollywood Rock where we don't have to lie. Like, it's just <laughs> everything's class. And you're like, oh, yeah, that was actually brilliant. Like, there was two months where I don't like the thing I like anymore, but thank Christ the rock's on the show for We were bit. watching it before Survivor Series, and we were oh. like, oh, do you remember when he uh, was in Sacramento? Cut to Sacramento. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, the Vladimir documentary there is not going to put it out. Why? They finished it! It's what? It's, it's in done. the can. Like the Lex Luger icons thing as well. Just like stuff that's already made. I but the thing with Vladimir, it's like he's one of your biggest fans ever. Yeah. At a time now when people don't really like it that much and they're looking there, Barrett criticizing the company more than ever. This is how they treat their fans. It's so cruel. Let's make a documentary about one of the biggest fans we've ever had. Nah, it's the new Tom McGee it. tape. Yeah. Like. Uh, this one... Uh, it's gibberish. Uh, it's from My Blessing, who writes, Daniel May never did that to Big Show, as it's a game, okay, but in this math, Big Show was nothing and nothing again. I mean... Excuse me? I feel like I'm punching down a five <laughs> uh, I've I missed her name off, but I'll, I'll just tell you, a woman writes, what a big-hearted man, I've got lots of respect for the legend Big Show, and genius objective text... Uh, writes in all caps, I want talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And finally, uh, I want to finish up with this comment from uh, Gattery Sancho. Lots of emotional reactions to... uh, Whenever he does the last comment, hopefully giving you the knowing look of, are we going to get sideways (laughs) cancelled? Will Bond's doing the serious face. Emotional stuff about... You know, Big Show getting upset, Daniel Bryan, like you say, the, the whole thing that the authority and, and everything encompassed. And Gatori sums it up by writing, Bet Steph got railed back in the day. <laughs> Lucky dudes. Lucky dudes. Railed. Lucky dudes. Thanks to Cody for suggesting that. You want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related? That was perfect, by the way. Don't make us have an existential crisis on the review next time. My God, that bloody story. <laughs> like. uh, back to money now. <laughs> and uh, backstage. I need a piss and my dinner. Queens, we've got a long way to go yet, brother. Queens Alina and Carmella are there, and they are heels spelling out their strategy for the upcoming women's tag team title match. They said, they scream a bit. They said, Rhea I'm going to win the bloody belts. They said, <laughs> they said call blimey, Gaffner. Rhea Ripley's the bloody weakest link in this group, isn't she? So what we're going to do is no. we're going to isolate her, and then we're just going to beat Nikki A.S.H. Let's see what happened. Oh, they mentioned something about Royal Step Beauty. Step in time, Carmella. <laughs> so, said something about Royal Beauty. It's some, you know, regal bollocks anyway. Uh, let's see what happened in the match. Uh, Ripley dominated. Carmella wore a uh, big red Christmas mask. 
And um, eventually, Ripley gets hit with a tornado DDT, so she goes back to her corner to bring in her partner, who's supposedly the weakest link, Nikki A.S.H. Let's see how that plays out. Um, Rhea Ripley chased after Carmella, got her head kicked into a steel post. Nikki got super kicked, hit with a code red, and the weakest link immediately got pinned, and the, the tag team titles changed hands. Did they, before or at the start of this show, say, we've got a big title match later? Did they, Anna? No. It was just announced halfway through, wasn't it? Yeah, it was... Sounds about the egg. Like, how am I meant to care? They were physically, mentally, and tactically unpicked by a better team for belts that are less meaningless than the one that changed hands later. <laughs> like you, you know, we often joke a little bit. Monero, she's in a better position than the women's tag team champions. She has a belt of more prestige. The, more people want it. More people aspire to win it. Remember the uh, the summer of Nikki Age. That was the big thing that they came back to live crowds with. Yeah. Hey, it's a, it's a performer in a mask. It's like kids are like this. That we nicked off Secret Life of Pets too. Yes. <laughs> Wholesale. And now, after, was it, I think 63 days, something like that, yeah. they've dropped the titles. But let's just take a moment to think about the time they have with those titles. Something else. Sonya Deville. Something else for um, Survivor Series. Sorry, something else for Survivor Series. On the network, if you switched it on, if you still got the network and not Peacock, they put these little like five minute filler things in. And it was like, Rhea Ripley, top five stuff. Like, all of it was from 2019. It was like, <laughs> like anyone that's tuned in five minutes for the show and she's going to be a title. She's going to be a profiled feature wrestler on this pay per view. Have we got anything that she's done good in the last year and a half? No, because she's been on our show. It was all NXT 29. I even had like, something from NXT UK. And it was like, <laughs> there's nothing that she's done in 2020 or 2021 that you would deem worthy of this top five list. So uh, Sonia and uh, Postman Pierce say, we finally got the egg. Uh, we'll bring him in now. And it's Austin Theory. It's revealed to be Austin Theory who <sighs> took took the egg. Uh, he said, I just want to take a selfie with the, selfie with the egg. Uh, but there was so much bloody security. And next thing I knew, I was back at my hotel with the egg. So uh, apologies. Here it is. Handed it back over. Um Sammy Zayn's there as well. He's ecstatic because he's the one who sort of got to the bottom of this. So he thinks, cash back. I got the uh, title shot coming. But uh, Vince said he appreciated Austin Theory's brave decision to bring the egg back uh, and said, you can have the title shot. Uh, I'm going to drop all the charges. You remind me of him, I Exactly. I think that's what he said. He agreed to have a selfie. Uh, and it, then, it was it was you, Austin. It was you all along. <laughs> and then, why didn't they do that line? Yeah, <laughs> dumb. Um, and Zane said, well, uh, well, uh, uh, "What about me? I, you know, got I did the one thing you explicitly said. If you do this, we'll get a title shot." And he said, "I'll oh, shut up. No one's like as a snitch." Thoughts? I don't have any thoughts I, about most things at this point, Mark. <laughs> like rubbish. Gone of the days. <laughs> At least it wasn't Hornswoggle. Yeah. Like, gone of the days where somebody, like, say, wins. I say maybe not gone of the days, because, like, they haven't completely tired of Damien Priest, despite what the kickoff made it look like. But, you know, you see, like, a guy... Not a heel anymore, though, is he? No, not at all. You see a guy wrestle five, six matches, and you can just see the progression in the matches, and you can see them giving, adding more to his repertoire, and then... Sure enough, he gets a secondary title match, and then he wins that secondary title, and he holds it for six months, and he's potentially a Royal Rumble favourite, all that sort of stuff. Win an egg. Steal an egg, reveal an egg, give an egg back. That's it. That's the new way. Like, I remember Brett cutting those promos when he won the title. Like, eight and a half years, whatever it was. Eight and a half years I've been here waiting for an opportunity. Should have taken an egg. <laughs> right. 
And we got another title match after this. It was uh, Reggie versus Cedric Alexander, who now wears a mouth guard, I assume. Something's going on there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, he hit the lumbar check. One, two, three. Cedric Alexander is your new 24-7 champion. But as you know, Michael Sidgwick, after the championship match finishes, the 24-7 rules kick back in. So then it's permanently on the line. So everyone rushes down. Jinder, Viking Raiders, Otis, Chad Gable. I think T-Bar might have been there as well. Sneaky bastards, by the way, because they've said yesterday, you know, because of the egg, that everybody is going to be on this roll. Like Raw and SmackDown. The one night a year where all Raw and SmackDown. And you know what they're teased there, isn't it? Hey, come on, Barclays on Monday. He might get Roman Reigns. No, they just sent 30 guys out for the 24-7 title. They've just got more bodies for this. Well, anyway, before anyone could get there, in comes Dana Brooke. It's a flying blockbuster on Cedric Alexander. One, two, three. Dana Brooke is a champion on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's really happy for her. And also... Won't attack her, basically. This isn't cruel yet, but it's going to be pretty soon, I'm, I'm sure. Are they, it's the ribbon on the square, aren't they? I think it's a gigantic rib where, because the person, she works hard, she always thinks of herself as entitled or worthy of an opportunity. She's going to defend this title that no one can conceivably win from her because the majority of the people in the 24-7 picture are men, and they're all going to have to go, eh, yeah, very good, I can't win it now because I can't roll you up because, you know, we're not allowed to do that in this company. And she's going to spend the next two weeks, three weeks, before they get bored, just walking around thinking, hey, I'm a real champion. Very cruel. Let's. Well, she did a, a, an interview with uh, Sarah Schreiber talking about how proud she was and winning her first title and all that bollocks. Uh, did Maria Canellis win this, by the way? Marie Canellis, Kelly Kelly. Yeah. Alundra Blaze. So let's put a bet on now, or let's do predictions, I should say, because it's the day of it. It's the day of the NXT preview, and we love all these sorts of games. How does she lose the title? Because she's not losing it in a match, is she? She's not getting hit with a bloody lumbar check or something. In a fit of over-celebration in the weeks to come, she could just be, like, weeping. You know those shots where, like, they clutch the title to their, test, to their chest and they are like, like they're lying on the floor, and they're just weeping. And someone could just like put their finger on her shoulder or something. Uh, R-Truth pins her in the middle of the women's Royal Rumble because he went in the match by mistake. Because he's crazy. <laughs> it wasn't even my match. It wasn't even my Rumble. <laughs> I think they're just going to have one of Los Lotharios seduce her. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. They're on, they're on SmackDown, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, we've already had the one night. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. She's going to have to wait till next Survivor Series. But, 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 how foolish She's going to have a 365-day run <laughs> as champion. Or uh, they could do the quarterly brand-to-brand invitation. <laughs> I, love, I love this stupid... I mean, she was box. practically calling out for Batista, I think. About a year ago. So, Batista Bomb and the Hall of Fame. Batista Bomb and the Hall of Fame. Get your woman, pull her clothes, lift her up, Batista Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dominic Mysterio was backstage, as we've called many a time, Michael Hamlet, apologising to his dad for not helping him last week. Was it our brains or was it a plot that was sticking in Wilborn? I don't know. Bobby's, he apologised <laughs> for not attacking when Bobby Lashley put his own dad in the hurt lock. Cedric, come back. He said... <laughs> Close the door. He said... Uh, Ray said, I don't need to apologise. I don't need to fight my battles. 
All I want is a piggyback every now and again. That's, that's all I want, really. <laughs> I think the listeners know what's coming. And we've already told them the date. And, <laughs> we can uh, leave it there. He said, I fought plenty of giants in my career, from Brock Lesnar to Batista to The Undertaker. Uh, and they're going to give Lashley a Mysterio whooping tonight. That's right. We got a handicap match with a man who me and Sige discussed yesterday potentially turning babyface because they, they played a three-minute video package, basically turning him face at Survivor Series. Instead, he's uh, murdering a father and son combo. They just... <laughs> at a disadvantage. At a disadvantage. They don't... Um, MVPs promo as well. Oh, yeah. Got they, that. Don't, they don't know how to do this entire thing without just needless cruelty. Like, they're teeing up the Mysterios to, like, talk up a match that they know they're going to book them to lose ahead of MVP being like, when Bobby's killed you, I'm going to shag your wife slash mother. Change like, your prediction. <clears throat> Change my prediction. Dana Brooke can't get pinned. <coughs> Dana Brooke can't get pinned by anyone, any men in the uh, division, of course. Who's a woman they could bring to beat her though? Angie Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio picks her up. So happy for you, mum. <laughs> An electric chair to you as well. Both mum and dad on the shoulders. Down you go. I'm desperate for this to happen. So <laughs> this to happen. So MVP yeah cuts this promo before the Bobby Lashley versus Ray and Dominic Mysterio match, saying, "Look, respect you as a competitor, but you leave a lot to be desired as a dad." Uh, he said, your ego's going to get <laughs> your child hurt. Like this before. You just beat them clean as a sheet. You suck as a dad. You suck as a husband. You suck as a person. You're going to lose. Cut two. He's lost. Oh, MVP was 100% right about all of that. Then. He said, Is, have you taken the time to teach Dominic the monsters are real? Uh, you're the one who's going to have to explain to your wife, Angie, that your child's injured because of your own arrogance, basically. When she's disgusted with you, hey, give me a call. Okay. I mean, to be fair, previously, didn't she just stand there and watch Rey Mysterio get hurt? Do you remember when um, Eddie Guerrero said, that's not your son, that's my son? And then he said, where the fuck's Vicky? And then Vicky was there and Eddie won. And he was like, right, I'll take that, kid. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and when that happened exactly like that. So, uh, yeah, the match starts and Lashley's fighting both of them off. They're, they're trying to do quick tags, dump, jumping on his back and trying to subdue him, but he's dominating both of them, basically. Um, as we uh, come back from the break, the Mysterios did have a, a brief advantage, helping out each other, quick tags and all that. Uh, but then Dominic went for the 6 or 9 and MVP tripped him up. <laughs> <laughs> so Lashley's in control. He's going to hit a dominator on Dominic, but he escapes out of it. Thrust kick to Lashley. Uh, they double team him. Double 619, double frog splash. They even both try and pin him at the same time. But Lashley kicks out, suddenly just spears Ray out of his goddamn shoes, and as he promised, puts Dominic in the hurt lock to get the submission victory. I was sorry, I, I was watching this match, man, and I'm thinking, you little puke bastards. <laughs> I hope you get your heads kicked in. I want to think about that, about Rey Mysterio. Legend. Absolute icon of this game. Absolute icon, absolute legend. Cover star of the new 2K game, I assume. Is he? Great. I don't want to think this about Rey Mysterio for Christ's sake. And I was watching this because of the way they booked two baby faces to have a match against one heel. And I was thinking, you cocks, I hope you get slaughtered. Because I, the whole logic and st the optics of watching two baby faces fight one man is so arse backwards that it created in me a total resentment. And it made me actually feel something. Like Dennis Reynolds, and it's always sitting in Philadelphia at this point. And it's like, I'm actually feeling things. The Sidgwick system. Yeah. How you watch this sort of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> so I'm actually feeling things like a little kid. And then, and then Matt goes, yeah, I feel things like every day. He's like, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm feeling things watching this, and they are furious feelings of please kill both of these dickheads. I mean, I love two things about this. Obviously, the fraying of the relationship between father and son. And I never thought I would be able to liken Bobby Lashley to Adam Wilborn. But there is is there anybody in wrestling who enjoys beating up wrestlers' kids <laughs> as much as Adam Wilborn as Bobby Lashley who actually gets to do it? Right. Is this a gimmick that they don't know is a gimmick that he takes down wrestlers' kids? Incredible. Uh, Big E was backstage. He said, I've got no one to blame but myself for my loss last night. Apologize for letting people down. He said, tonight's a new night, though. Says uh, Austin Theory's brash, but he is also talented. But he's uh, going to retain the WWE Championship tonight, stay as WWE Champion, and he was going to feel pretty, pretty, pretty good. Curb your enthusiasm. Ironic for WWE to use that phrase. Hey, calm it down. Did anyway. You see, did you see, by the way, um, the the title of, like, the, uh, Jonathan Damport, the New Day's gear designer, always puts the titles of the gear up. And we love the new day and biggies. I did not write that. All that sort of stuff. Like, did you spot why last night might have been all the night? I know they're in New York, but the real reason why he might have gone with the Seinfeld gear, as I pitch it as an article in my brain, um, because what is Seinfeld? It's a show about nothing. Yes. What, what a night to debut at the Survivor Series. Show about nothing. Love to know your thoughts on what came next. Liv Morgan's getting interviewed. She's happy about winning Survivor Series last night, despite the fact that obviously she didn't win for her team. Becky Lynch came in and said exactly that. You underdelivered, and it was Belair who won the match. I don't know what you're showing off for. She says, you will literally never hold this belt. And Morgan went, hmm, well, held it last week. Becky Lynch quite rightly zinged her back by saying, yeah, I'll let kids hold the belt when we do autograph signings. Doesn't mean they're the world champion. She said, what's wrong with you? Are you going to cry? Are you going to cry? And it looked like for a split second she was going to cry, and then she just twatted Becky Lynch, who looked shocked at someone doing that who's the number one contender. I... Uh... Scott Carlson dug this out on Twitter. I have to agree with him. Why give her that line? Too good. That line was way too good, wasn't it? Like, just destroyed her. It's killed her. They've probably thought that's a really great heel line. But that one's thinking, yeah, it makes a baby face look like such a complete arsehole geek. I held it last week. So you're a belt mutant now. (laughs) (laughs) Credit Voices of Wrestling um, for that one. Like, she... Is toast. Well, we've just had a segment where the baby faces were obliterated by the heel. So why should we have any faith in Liv Morgan's ability to do it? And less than ideal. Again, this is critical analysis. This is not just nitpicking. It wasn't a particularly good. You do these close-up shots, and it's sort of got a knack, hasn't it? Like you've got to believe that that really, really hurt. Slaps are pretty effective in that regard. Like Stephanie McMahon, for all her faults. When she would hit those slaps, the whole point was, God, that actually looks like it really kills and you're supposed to be furious with her as a heel. It didn't look mega impactful. Like, I don't know, I'm I'm not a wrestler, never done this, never sort of worked punch, but just maybe lay it in because you're backstage and it's got to look legit. It wasn't a good night for the Becky Lynch-Liv Morgan feud at all. I don't have any faith in Liv Morgan getting it done. And if anything, the level of support that she's built up over the last couple of years, they probably should have waited until she had the momentum to beat her. Mm. I don't like uh, I'm advocating for Liv Morgan to win the Royal Rumble I don't know but push her to the point where she's actually going to do this because Becky Lynch will win and then what next to Liv Morgan now a month a year of just scrambling around hoping that she doesn't get fired when the next releases come around and she's people love her people absolutely love her so you've possibly blown that 
Uh, Damien Priest came out for his uh, US oh, title God open challenge. In the end. He comes out for his open challenge, and I thought, it's going to be interesting. Now he's here, what are they going to do? And then he immediately got interrupted by Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz. Definitely heels. Commander Aziz gets on the mic and said, we should all applaud our Nigerian hero, Apollo Crews. Uh, and Crew says, Commander Aziz gets on the mic. <laughs> there are just some sentences in these reviews that shouldn't be sentences. Uh, and he says, what's all this about your split personality, Damien? Uh, you should be ashamed of who you are. I embrace my true self. That's why I'm going to decimate you. I'm more powerful ever than ever. I'm a Nigerian warrior, and I'm going to show the entire world that you're not fit to be champion. And Priest says, hey, don't you realize you're in New York? That, that means out here, if you want to run your mouth and tell the world how you two found each other, why don't you start a podcast or shut your mouth and fight? And Apollo Crews says, no. <laughs> so Sammy Zane comes out and goes, oh, I'll take that. If you're not going to do anything with it. I wish you'd meant the podcast. I'd listen yeah. to Sammy Zane podcast for a couple of hours a week. It wouldn't be the number one podcast, but, you know. Um, and Sammy Zane said, well, well. A podo. Uh, this call it. Apollo's podcast. Jesus Christ. Are we near the end? <laughs> uh, Sammy Zane said. Should have taken the deal. When one door, <laughs> when one door closes, another opens. Uh, so if Apollo doesn't want to take that challenge, he will instead. And then we got... Damien Priest, hometown hero. F- he, he defies all logic in WWE. Bad booking, fine. Turns, now, nah, but never mind about that. And then fighting for a title in his hometown. Retained. This is astonishing. They must have forgot. Was it just me that didn't realise that he was from here? Because otherwise, why would they have turned him on a kickoff show last night instead of promoted him in a meaningful fashion at the Survivor Series? I didn't realise he was a New York guy. Because I'm watching the kickoff thinking, I don't give a shit about him in this building. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, but so many people on the show just aren't over. Why do you buy a ticket? <laughs> to I, see I Randy Orton. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Based on his record, is the only guaranteed appearance, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> He'll definitely be there. So we got uh, Damien Priest versus Sami Zayn. Uh, Zayn hit an exploder into the barricade, takes us to the break. Uh, when he, we come back, Priest's Fighting back, but Zayn hits a blue thunderbomb for a near fall. Also hits a sunset flip powerbomb for a near fall. And schoolboys, as uh, uh, Priest goes for the reckoning, gets another two count off that. Priest hits a spinning heel kick. Zayn dodges to the outside and then hangs Priest up on the ropes. And as he's laying there recovering, Sami Zayn grabs the title, puts it over his shoulder, says, this is what you're going to be witnessing in just a few minutes' time. Taunts Priest. And that's when Michael Sidgwick the Damien side comes out and he does that face that he does. He fires up, uh, hits a choke slam, hits the reckoning. One, two, three. Damien Priest retains the US title. It's hard to do this podcast. There are literally no more words to talk about how rubbish this is. Genuinely, I'm having a bit of an existential crisis at the minute. It's, it's, it makes it so much harder when you immediately identify that a conversation has taken place in a creative meeting, and you can see that, like, adapted on screen, at some point over the past two, three weeks, they've went, you're boring, and pointed the finger at Damien Priest, and went, we need you to be less boring, we need to give you something. A thing. A A thing. thing. And his thing is, Damien Priest! (laughs) T-Bar's brought it out of him. He's got. What, I don't know if I'm. Uh, uh, split personality disorder now. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I've, why? Maybe I've missed this on on recent episodes of Raw, but that new entrance, which has now got like 
white light on one side and then fire. And his name has got, again, flaming text on one side. Damien Priest. Is that is that a new thing? Like, I literally said this on, on the Supposedly stream. Is this a man whose first name and surname can't coexist? <laughs> One's gone to smack that one. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, it's not going to kill him because nothing will. He is impervious to WWE. Is he? Because he's not that over. He's not over, but over doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. They ran, a, they ran an entire company with fake noise for a whole year. They'll continue to do it. Um, they're piping in noise on live crowd shows now. I guess I'm not watching them thinking, oh, Christ, what they've done with Damien Priest. I don't think that. It's not, that's the size I get. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's just not bodged. He doesn't seem like they can bodge him. Well, they're certainly trying. I feel nothing for uh, for anything, man. Austin Theory cut a promo, talked about becoming the youngest WWE champion in history, said Big E's a big loser. <laughs> he said he's the future, the future's now. And then we got the main event, Austin, <sighs> Austin Theory versus Big E. Um, Rollins came out to watch the match from ringside. He's had a costume change and everything. Kevin Owens also enters uh, to his music to, to, to throw Big E off as he, he gets <sighs> an early offense in. Rollins... Took the whole thing pretty well, didn't he? Yeah, fair play to him. Pretend to look around, see if there's anybody else there. I, I quite like that. Like all things considered, uh, Owen's entrance allowed. <laughs> well, he's normally got a horrendous pattern. I don't mean that in terms of yeah. an attack. I just mean the fact that his crack is awful normally, and I thought <laughs> doesn't normally have one of them in him. Uh, Owen's uh, entrance no made us allowed Austin Theory to hit a neck breaker, but only got a one count off that. Uh, and Ollie, Owens and Rollins are, are arguing as we go to a break as to why both of them are out there. Uh, as we come back, Theory is on offense. Biggie fights back though three belly to belly suplexes and a splash. Um, but then Theory reverses drop toe hold on Biggie on the buckle, hitting a drop kick as well. I do like that drop kick that, that Austin here Theory hits. Um, gets a two count, but Biggie follows up with uh, an STO. And shouts at uh, Rollins and Owens before they head back towards the ring. As he's getting back in, uh, the Rollins, uh, the referee's helping with with Austin Theory and Rollins attacks Big E. That allows Theory to hit a, hit a neck breaker um, and get a near fall off that. But uh, in the midst of all this, Owens furious that Rollins has got involved. Obviously, Rollins wants Theory to win because he's the number one contender, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, he. Throws Rollins into the ring. R- Rollins is furious with that. They square up to each other. This distracts Austin Theory. And as he turns back around, Biggie has recovered from the attack. He hits the big ending. One, two, three. Post match, Biggie comes out and George acts with everyone. And he attacks Rollins. Owens legs it. So Biggie just hits Rollins with a big ending and stands tall as the show goes off the air, Michael Sidgwick. Oh, my God. Egg. Distraction finish. <laughs> like, uh, of course it is. I, there's no words. That, I don't, I've got no words left for this. I've got no words left for this. The only words I do have left are, like, forget the Austin Theory thing. Forget the fact that the hook to get fans to watch this show was just to transition back into this triple threat program. That is brilliant. I've got no thoughts on the match. It was fine, but like... Main eventing a TV show used to mean something, the way that this kind of thing just doesn't matter. I think it reflects how small and irrelevant all of this feels when you can just get Austin Theory in the mix and it's like, no one bats an eye. It doesn't feel like a young guy getting a shot at anything remotely worthy. It just feels like X wrestler is having a match with Y wrestler and Z and W. Are having it just, it's, it's nothing to me. It looks like 
nothing. There's no tear of star power. No rub I expect theory will get from this. It's been on main roster telly about eight times. And I just, I look at him, I think he's just indistinguishable to the other person he's in the ring with. It's like no one's a star. No one matters. Could be anyone doing anything. They are so lucky they've been in business. And they've cultivated a, a genuinely strong base of lunatics who will defend and watch it to the death. The stars are on the other channel. The noise is on the other channel. The conversation's on the other channel. This is just anyone with the WWE banner on that digital ticker tape that having arenas these days. This triple threat match it is a small time. Sorry, Hamflet. As Diesel and Mabel doing the Civic Centers in '95, yeah. it's like it's so small. It was very, um, it was very November, December WWE. This, but that calls back to a time when they were at least focused on other people. What I mean by that is this would typically be the time of year that you would need to slot somebody in for a December match, or like you can go back through the years and find like it's celebrated for for reasons that I understand. But remember the CM Punk Daniel Bryan's that rider moment, and that was very December. Big E teaming with John Cena and CM Punk, and they're like, this is Big E's time, and it wouldn't come for another, what, eight years or something like that. The Miz and Jerry Lawler having a Raw main event for the WWE title because they just can. It's that time of year. This was all of that. But the difference with those examples and this is that there was still kind of a loose order to how WWE did business, and yes, they might as well be just trying people out at this time of year when you can, which was the case with Austin Theory here. Um, but you're trying him out and yet trying to present the other guys as the top stars. To Sidgwick's point, none of them felt any further above Austin Theory, and he's the guy getting the obvious tryout. They want to see what he looks and feels like in a main event. Doesn't feel any different to Owens, Seth, or Big E. And there's the guy; they're the guys that have been at this for absolutely ages. Um, the payoff feels meaningless. Owens is leaving, probably. Seth Rollins is nowhere near the guy that we might have thought might have had a swing at Roman Reigns when he was over on SmackDown. Big E, love him. It's this isn't taken because they're not booking him with any kind of commitment. He should have, he should have beaten Roman Reigns at the Survivor Series. He would have felt 20 times bigger on this Raw, and he didn't, so he is where he is. Um, I impossible to feel much for any of it, I thought. Like, think about even when, this is like 2019. I'm not using holding up 2019 as a standard or anything, but at this time of year, exactly, in fact, the Raw after Survivor Series, that was when Seth Rollins set up bras, wasn't it? Remember he enlisted the Authors of Pain for the first time. Austin Theory, by the way, he was like a sideways member of bras. Like, which we've now just been told to forget. Forget that ever happened. I haven't heard that word in years. He yeah. went, went back to NXT, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, this could have been that if WWE was even as competent as the useless November 2019, <laughs> and it's not. Like, that scandal's, oh, Christ, they're going to try and elevate the authors of pain. Didn't see this coming, but we'll give it a go. This didn't feel anything like that at all. This was not a main event that felt like it was elevating anybody. It was wheel spinning, as they do all of the rest of the time, save for, what, two weeks in April? Not great. Well, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... Um, Sidgwick, buy my goddamn book about a good wrestling promotion at WhatCulture.BigCartel.com. Becoming All Elite, the rise of AEW. It's great. It is very good. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, we'll also be back later on today for the NXT Dubai oh! preview. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dadley Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Egg. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.